thing I forgot to do is that we uh, want to introduce our guests and I pretty much forgot that we do have a few guests here tonight we want to find out who you are where you're visiting from and and so uh, I know we have some right back here and uh, why don't you go ahead and stand up and tell us or you don't have to stand up just call out and tell us who you are and where you're visiting from oh amen and that's your youngins beside you there Amen. Thank you for being here. Let's welcome them. Amen. Amen. And we have some friends at the very back. Hadn't seen in a while. Go ahead and tell the folks who we have back here. Amen. 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 Good to see y'all again. Amen. Praise the Lord Amen. for you there. Amen. Amen. Good. And I think that's it. And for our, you know, the folks that have been here, of course, Brother Beckham. Uh, we have got to hear him, and we've, uh, we know kind of who he is now. Uh, he was brand new to us when he came Sunday, but, but no longer is that so. But for those of you visiting, Brother Beckham uh, travels the nation, really all around the world, and preaching on prayer. And I said this the, the first night. I'll just keep saying it, it, it because it's been evident each night. This, uh, I didn't hear <clears throat> about Brother Beckham. I didn't, you know, several different people across the nation have told me, you know, you need to have Brother Benny Beckham. And I, I said, well, I've never seen him, never heard of him. But every time that they would tell me, they say, God moves when he preaches. God moves when he preaches. And the truth is, God moves when he preaches. And I'm looking for God to move tonight as he preaches. Brother Benny Beckham. Prayer revivals. They are different. They are different. I remember going to New York some years ago, and I had been going there every year, and um, they knew me, I knew them. And um, this particular year, I was in my room, and the water heater busted and flooded my room. And I thought, uh huh. And then the next morning, all the garbage exposals in the house blowed up, just messed up everything. Then the next morning, the, she bought, the lady of the house bought a brand new vacuum cleaner, and it blowed up. And the next day, something else blowed up. So Friday night came, and she, I was telling everybody bye, and she walked me out, she and her husband walked me out to my van, and she said, Brother Beckham, we sure love you, but we are sure glad you're leaving. <laughs> so, cars breaking down, that's just a part of it. I've been in church where over half of the church will get sick. People that don't normally get sick just get sick. And uh, cars, motors blows up, deaths in the church. 
I was in a church uh, in South Carolina just three or four weeks ago. We had four deaths in the church uh, that week. Just this crazy things that happens. You say, can you explain them? No, I can't. And, but but uh, uh, when, I, when I saw this stuff happening and hearing different ones of you talking about air conditioners going out and all this, I, I, I thought, well, that's just normal. You know, just, just get used to it. And, uh, and some of you have asked, Brother Beckham, can you stay for another week? Well, no, I can't, but would you really want me to? Uh, you know, things really kind of goes crazy. But um, turn with me to Psalms 139 again. And um, I have enjoyed, I have really enjoyed being with you. And uh, I wish Jeanette and Julia... Uh, could be here, uh, but um, they can't, And but they told me to tell you hello anyway, and uh, you would love them, and, uh, and I can't wait to see them on Friday. We are going to meet each other in Oklahoma. Amen. Psalms 139, if we can stand, Monday night I told you I, I can't really be dogmatic about it, but one guy said, Brother Beckham, you can't be dogmatic about the way David might have said that. Well, in a way, I, I can. If, if we put that word search in, in, in context, um, being broken, you know, I think he, I don't think he just said, uh, well, the Lord searched me, and he knows me, and I don't believe he said it like that. I believe he was a broken guy, really. And I believe he said it somewhat like this. Oh, Lord. Thou, thou hast, thou hast searched, searched me. Thou hast pierced me. Thou hast dug into me. And, um, known me. Father, thank you for David. Thank you for this text. And Lord, it's time again to proclaim your message. Since we have been risen with you, Father, you have laid down some rules in your guidebook, in your love letter to us, for us to do. And Father, help Benny Lee Beckham to have that desire to do those things. Help Calvary Baptist Church to have that desire to do those things so that you can bless our lives. And Father, 
I pray for that lost person tonight also that they will be born again tonight. Not tomorrow or next week or next year. But Lord, but tonight. And Lord, I pray for those 606 names. Lord, that we'll think about them too as we look at these essentials. Because Lord, if we don't have these essential things in our lives, then you can't answer our prayers. And these 606 people may go to hell because we are not able to pray and intercede on their behalf. And Father, I just want to be a blessing. I want to be very loving, caring, sensitive. Thank you. Sure love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Look with me in verse 1 again. Want to review a little bit because of the ones that are here tonight that may not have been here Monday and Tuesday night. But in chapter 3 of the book of Colossians, we have a letter written to a group of people that Paul had never met. He didn't know them. But he had heard some things about them. And he wrote, listen to verse 1, If ye been risen with Christ. And that little if means since, S-I-N-C-E. Since you have been risen with Christ, since you're in the family of God, since you are saved, since you're going to heaven... When you die, there are some things I want you to do. And these are not optional things, he says. These are essentials. And you got to do them if I am going to hear your prayers. You got to do them if I'm going to bless you. And so let's look at the first one hurriedly tonight. Since ye have been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. My question to you tonight, after preaching that twice to you, and after driving it in with the help of the Holy Spirit, and you know by now it's not optional, it is essential... Now, may I ask you from my heart to your heart, are you doing that? Did you do that yesterday, and are you seeking, and have you sought God today? Because, see, folks, if you haven't, you're not following the Bible. You're not being obedient to the Word of God. And then uh, Psalm 66, 18 kicks in, if you regard iniquity in your heart, I will not hear you. I want to hear you, but I can't hear you because you're not doing what I want you to do. And um, so when I look at that little word seek, 
I go to uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, where it reinforces that verse, and it says, Seek ye first. And that's not Brother Beckham. I didn't write it. I didn't put it in the Bible. But God says to Calvary Baptist Church tonight and the men behind me and to myself, I want you to seek me first because you claim to be in my family. And if you don't, the world is going to see it and they're going to see that you're not real and you're going to bring reproach upon my name. And you're going to bring reproach upon Calvary Baptist Church. And so how many of us would want to do that? I hope that there's no one that would want to bring reproach upon our, our Savior or upon our home church. Amen? And so, so what we need to do, what you need to do right now, you need to ask yourself, and you can come to the altar any time. It doesn't bother me. I have seen hundreds of people at the altar during the preaching, so it doesn't bother me, okay? If you get under that much conviction, you want to come to the altar, please do. Come and get it right. Go back to the pew where you can enjoy it. Amen? And so, uh, can I ask that question again? Are, on this side, are you seeking God? Center section, are you seeking God? The, this, this side, are you seeking God? And then when we come to verse 2, the Bible says, Since you have been risen with me, in verse 1, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. And I told you last night, the only way you're going to be able to do that is through the Holy Ghost of God, through the Holy Spirit. He is your paraclete. He is the one that walks on the side of it. Matter of fact, He's inside of you. And, and He gives you that strength. He gives you that mercy and that grace. And He teaches you how to do that. Amen? And then uh, when we get to verse 4... Or, or, yes, verse 4, Paul just came right out and said it, when Christ, who is our life, he says, listen, church, there is nothing more important to Apostle Paul than Christ. Is there anything more important to you than Christ? Is there, more, is there anything more important to you than Calvary Baptist Church and the ministry that God has given you here to reach this community and to reach Memphis, uh, Tennessee? Is there anything more important than that? If there is, you need to check up and be honest. Amen? And then, uh, then when we look at verse 5 last night, there's a powerful little word that introduces this verse, and it says mortify. And that little word means to put to death. That little word means to kill. That little word means to crucify. And, and, and then it tells you what to, what to kill, what to crucify, and what to mortify. And then it lists them. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. Now, if any of that is in your life, you might as well forget having a relationship with God. You might as well just mark her down. You're not going to uh, have a relationship with God if that kind of stuff is in your life. Okay? So what do we need to do? We need to just get it out. 
We need to just do what the Bible says to do. You don't do it for uh, Brother Hooker. You don't do it for Brother Beckham. You don't do it for Brother Allen and our son. No, you don't do it for anyone other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And then we come to verse 8, 9, and 10. And um, I want you to really pay attention to what God is saying here. Now, he's saying this because we claim to be born again. Are you listening? We, we claim to be born again. And that is so important. So since we are claiming to be risen with Christ, there are some things he's going to talk about. And, and one lady said to me one night, she stood up and she said to me in front of the whole church, she said, Brother Beckham, you might as well, you don't really have to preach on this verse 8, 9, and 10 because our church is, is, is a loving church and my church don't have any of that in it, especially anger. I thought, oh boy, I am among perfect people. Wow, where is my phone where I can take a picture? Click, click, click. And, and so I knew she was full of anger when she stood up. But I couldn't say anything, so I just said, yes, ma'am, very kind, this little innocent face. And I just said, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. And she said, blah, 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 blah. I said, yes, ma'am. And, and finally, she sat down, and I said, amen. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus, keep her in her seat. And so I preached on verse 8, 9, and 10. And after I got done, we did the testimonies, and people started standing all over the church talking about, Brother Beckham, I'm full of anger. I'm full of wrath. I'm full of malice. I'm full. And this lady started looking at him like, and she was like she was having a seizure back there. And, 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 I, and I'm thinking, good night. And all of a sudden, everybody got done uh, confessing these sins publicly. And then she stood. And she said, Brother Beckham. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, and her face started cracking. And she said, I'm mad too. I knew that, ma'am. I didn't tell her that. And, and, and so she, she, just, she just started, and I thought, what could she be mad about, that mad? And she said, Brother Beckham, and she pointed her face. She said, Brother Beckham, God took my husband at the age of 35 years. He, he was a young man, and God took my husband, and I am mad at God. And I thought, whoa. The others said, I'm mad at mama, I'm mad at my husband, mad. But she said, I am mad at God. And I don't know what to do about it. So let's look at verse 8. Since we have been risen with Christ, God says, put off some of these. No, sir. Put off all of these. And it deals with anger. And let's look at that word anger for a while. 
Ephesians chapter 4, if you'll turn there with me. Ephesians chapter 4, because I don't want you to take my word for it. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 26 and verse 27, because our churches are full of angry people and they will, they will never be able to reach their community. They will never have a relationship with God as long as you have anger in your heart. Amen. Ah, let's look at it. Verse 26 of the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. The devil is the one. He is the author of anger. And I'll tell you something. You can't have it in your, in your heart and be right with God. You can't be angry at your spouse. You can't be angry at your children. You can't be angry at, at anybody and, and, and let it just sit in your heart and be right with God and have a relationship with God. And our churches are full of it. And people have asked me, Brother Beckham, why, what does this have to do with prayer? Everything, everything, we, if we're not seeking, if we're not focused, if we're not uh, making Him number one, if we're not uh, crucifying the flesh, if we're not putting on off anger. God says, Benny, I can't, I can't, I can't help you. Amen? Yeah. Anger. Anger is a terrible thing. It messes up the brain. It messes up the heart. It just tears you up physically, but it also tears you up spiritually. Amen? It destroys you. It takes your joy away. It takes your peace away. It takes everything. It just messes you up. And so we need to get, get that anger. We need to put that. And by the way, that anger is a part of the old rags. We're not to wear the old, the old rags. We're, we got new, rag, new clothes to wear. Are you listening? Are you letting it seek in? Because I'm telling you, it's everywhere. So don't stand and point your finger at me tonight and say, this is a perfect church. Because there is no perfect church. Amen? And we need, we need, to, we need to be honest. If we're going to really have a revival, we're going to have to be honest when it comes to this anger stuff. And then notice something else. There is the sin of wrath. James chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. If you'll turn there with me quickly. The Bible says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren... My beloved brethren, my, 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 my Christian friends, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And then when we turn to Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, 20, and 21, wrath is listed as a part of the works of the flesh. And look up here, my dear brethren, uh, the works of the flesh should not be in our lives. Amen? We should have the works of the Spirit. We should have the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And, and it should be evident in our lives, not the wrath. Hello? Ah, boy, anger, wrath. Take them old rags off and give them back 
give them, give them to God. And let God take care of them. Amen. And then there's the sin of malice. You say, Brother Beckham, what is malice? That's deep-seated feelings against a person. Hatred that lasts on and on, intense and long-lasting bitterness against a person. And, and listen, I, everywhere I go, somebody will tell me, I have been mad at so-and-so for years, Brother Beckham. I have, I have held grudges for years. And, and um, I just don't know what to do. Get rid of it. Take it off and burn it. Uh, bury it and do it with the help of God. He'll give you grace to do it. He'll give you mercy. But as long as you tote it around and let it build and, and boil inside of you, all it's going to do is, is mess up the church and mess up your family and mess you up individually. Amen. And so God, but God says, listen, my children, you have been risen with me. I put off this stuff. Don't, don't, don't be mad at people for years. You said, Brother Beckham, what do you know about that? You're so kind. You're so humble. Oh, pooh. Huh? You don't know Benny Beckham. You don't know me. I held grudges. I held a grudge for three years, church. A man tried to kill my oldest daughter. And I, held, I, I wanted to, to kill him. You don't mess with a man's family. Amen. I went after him. And for three years, I held grudges. Don't tell me I don't know about it. It tore me up. And in 1998, when dying came down with cancer, God said, all right, I've been working on you for, for almost three years now. I'll get your attention. I'll wake you up. And oh my goodness, my son would work with me. And we, we painted uh, Walmarts and all kinds of stuff when Diane was sick, trying to keep a good testimony and pay her bills because we didn't have any, any insurance on her and hundreds of thousands of dollars. So Dad taught me how to paint. And, and so we started a paint company. And my son worked with me with 12 other guys. And, and we did big commercial jobs in two and three million dollar homes. And, and Richard, every day he would say, Dad... You didn't teach me to, to be like you're. You're miserable, Dad. Dad, come on now. You need to get over this. You need to forgive that guy. Mama's sick. Mama's dying, Dad. And I would look at him and I would say, Brother Wood, I would say, Richard Beckham, you get up there on that ladder and you hush and you leave me alone. Yeah. Nice little humble brother Beckham. Told you, you didn't know me. No. I know what it is to have that bitterness eating away at your soul. 
And, and so uh, I went back to my church that I pastored for almost 14 years, and I went back to, go, to do a, a dedication service, and I was in a steakhouse, and all of a sudden I felt somebody tapping me on the shoulder, and when I turned, and there he was, the man, the man that I was bitter against, the man that I wanted to rip his head off. Amen? He was standing there looking at me. And he said, Brother Beckham, I saw you come in, sir, and I just wanted to come and let you know that I have gotten saved in the last couple of years. And I just wanted you to know that I've gotten saved. And Brother Beckham, I love you. Whew. Diane caught one hand, my daughter caught the other. No one caught my feet, but they caught both hands. And, and, and here he is telling me that he's gotten saved, he's got right with God. Here I am a preacher, here I am been preaching since I was 16 years old. Here I am almost, almost 50 years old at the time, and... And the devil says, knock his head off. God says, tell him you love him. The devil says, kick him in the gut. God says, hug his neck. <sighs> kind of like what he might be telling you to do right now with your situations. Amen? And so I looked at this guy and I said, and I called him by his name and I said, I love you too. You're forgiven. Just like that. And it felt like a million pounds had been lifted off of me. And boy, I felt good. For the first time in three years, I felt good. Amen? And guess what? If you'll do the same thing, you will feel good too. And you'll make your church feel good. And you'll let God, God will say, Yes, sirree, now I can bless Calvary Baptist Church. Yes, sirree, I can sin. I, now I can fill it up. But as long as that old deep-seated feelings against somebody is in your heart, you might as well forget it. Huh? Spouses turning backs on each other, won't speak to each other, live in the same house but don't participate, don't love, don't... Hmm? God won't bless that. Amen? Look in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 20. The Bible is very plain. It says, brethren, brethren, hey brethren, you risen ones, be not children in understanding, howbeit in malice be ye children, but in understanding be men. And you know what I tell churches all over the nation? Just be men. Don't be like a bunch of children. Amen? Get over it. Get over it. I'm so glad I got over it. Look in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 31. Let all bitterness, all bitterness, not some bitterness, all bitterness and wrath and anger 
and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Let all bitterness, let wrath, let anger, let clamor, let an evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. That's God telling you that. Amen? Yeah. What are we going to do with it? Are we going to just sit there and, and stew in our, in our anger and our malice and our wrath? Or are we going to give it to God? God said, you, you risen with me. Put off those old rags. I love you. You love me? Yes, sir. And then I want you to look at the next one. The sin of blasphemy. What is it? Speech that slanders, insults, hurts, injures, shows contempt. It is railing at people. Huh. That kind of stuff should never be in a church house. Amen? Yeah. I preached at Bailey's Grove Baptist Church for five weeks every night. I asked that great church in North Carolina... What are you mad about? That first week, nobody was mad. The second week, everybody was mad. And the third and fourth week, everybody started getting over it. And the fourth and fifth week, we had revival. Amen? Yeah. Get rid of that slander stuff. Get rid of the insults and the hurts. And the injures. Amen? Yeah. Boy, we're having that hand-to-hand combat again tonight. Boy, I feel it. Do you feel it? Yeah. Boy, I'm up here fighting him. Everything I know to do with him. I'm kicking him spiritually, kicking him, punching him, and everything. In the name of Jesus. But boy, he's, he's working. And he's not just working up here either. He's working down there. I mean, take them old rags off and, and throw them in a pile and, and, and by the grace of God, don't put them back on. Tomorrow night, we're going to tell you what, what to put on. But tonight, we've got to deal with getting these old rags out off of our bodies, our spiritual bodies, amen? And then it's the sin of... Filthy communication. It's, it's amazing at the things I've heard. I could write a book on the things I have heard in a parking lot or in a foyer of an independent King James only, no mixed women, no television watching, no pants wearing Baptist church. I used to have a list that long. I, did, I condensed it. People pr- talks about the church wonderful we have a wonderful church boy walking out to my car one night i heard overheard these guys talking they wasn't using slang they were using pure cuss words stood in the foyer heard people talk about one another and when other people would walk in they would turn their back wouldn't even, wouldn't even look at them. In four years of Baptist churches, independent, Brother Allen, I'm not talking about Presbyterians. 
Methodist. I'm talking about independent Baptist people doing this kind of stuff. And then we expect God to just turn his head and bless. He ain't going to do it. And so filthy communication. Well, I love preachers. Amen. And I wanted my grandson that traveled with me to love preachers. And um, so I told him one night, I said, Granddad's going to take you to hear a great preacher. He said, who is he, Granddad? And I told him. So we went to hear this great preacher. And we sat right on the front row. That's where I like to sit, on the front row. And little Richard was sitting there right by me. And the old man got up in his 80s. And he began to preach the gospel. And he did a good job until right there at the end. And he began to use profanity. One of the greatest preachers of our time. And little Richard, he didn't say, He didn't do that. He said, Granddad, just like that. Granddad, the preacher cussed. But Granddad, did you hear him? Yes, Richard, I heard him. Shocked. Shocked me too. I had heard about it. I had heard that that may have taken may take place, but I was sure hoping it wouldn't because little Richard is not shy. And he just blared it out. And to this day, little Richard will bring that up. It put a mark in his mind about preachers. Amen? And when you hear Christians standing in a foyer in a parking lot doing this kind of stuff, wearing these old rags and, and using that kind of language and the last one is the sin of lying and just lie on one another. Listen, God's not going to bless that. And if you are really in the family of God, he's going to spank you. That's right. Amen? Yes, he is. He spanked me. No, he didn't spank me. He whipped me. And it wasn't with a switch. It was with the rod of God. He whipped Brother Beckham. That's the reason while I'm standing before you tonight. If I had not gotten right, Brother Williams, I wouldn't be here tonight. Probably be on, on an extension ladder somewhere painting the house. But I remember the day that, that I got, got things right. God has given me a, gave me a second chance. And he also has given me a, another wife. And he also has given me another daughter. 
little 13-year-old will be in a few months. And I said, God, I don't want to ever mess up again. So every day of my life, I have to crucify myself because I know me. I know me. You don't know me, but I know me. Brother Joe, I know me. And if I don't kill myself every morning, I'll wear them old rags. But every morning, we morning hours, I said, Lord, here's the old rags. I don't want them. Don't wear the old rags. You young folks, you love mom and dad. Don't you get mad at them. You love them. You obey them. And men, you love your wives. Because if you don't love your wife and you don't have a good relationship, your prayers are hindered, according to Peter. We are not, and by the way, guys, we are not to be bitter at our wives. Can't even get bitter at them. So, are you listening? Now that hand-to-hand combat stuff that seemed like now it's free. I hope what's happening is you're doing some examining of yourselves and getting some things right because the spirit is freeing up a little bit. You feel it? It's lifting. So somebody might be taking off the old rags. Or you may want to come, just come down here, get up, find you a place somewhere. You may want to just grab your wife by the hand and say, honey, we haven't prayed in months. Let's go down here and pray. So what are we going to do with this? Just a little simple message. Elementary stuff. essential to this church being blessed. Amen? Yeah. Father, I sure pray that the church will